Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Two guys, one mic, one guy in studio, the other via the cell phone on the train. However it works, you got two guys, you got a couple of mics, and you got a sports talk show here. Let us not forget producer extraordinaire, other side of the glass, David Olson. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. One hour of sports talk here, plenty to talk about. We'll jump off the sports page, as always, Big Dog and the coach at your service, right up until 11 o'clock with the music of the Talk Zone. Yes, indeed. Uh, the NBA draft coming up 6.30 this evening on TNT as we welcome in my good partner, Joel, the big dog, Radwanski. Joe, I got to tell you, I basically took yesterday off of work, off of house responsibilities. I closed myself in my room. I did 14 different mock drafts. You'll be proud that I have done my research for the show. Uh, well, I don't know how much that's actually going to help you, Coach, to be quite honest. I mean, you do it a mock track. You, you probably have uh, Kyrie Irving going 28 to the Chicago Bulls. That was on the 13th one. You know, you get bored after a while. Though. After the first five or six mock drafts, you tend to get uh, a little bit creative. But uh, don't knock it until you've tried it. A, a day spent doing mock drafts for the NBA draft or whatever draft it might be, you know, if you're going to spend some lonesome time, it's not the worst way to go. Uh, yeah, but your hate for the Ports and Trailblazers came through, and you had them picking Manny Ramirez, coach. <laughs> oh, by the way, a late, a late spark in my somewhat—not somewhat—my uh, pretty much dilapidated brain mechanisms up there had the Chicago Bulls. You ready for this? Are you sitting down on the train or about to enter the train? I, I hate to tell you, yes, I'm on the train right now. I'm sitting down on it. I'm trying to be as quiet as I'm in the quiet yes. car because I hate when people make a lot of noise, coach. Yeah. So nobody around you knows that you are right now co-hosting an award-winning sports talk show. Nobody right now knows. No. <laughs> this is a little uncomfortable. Oh, this is good. I can actually yell at the big dog. He can't yell back at me. All right, you ready? Taj Gibson. Okay. And both of the Chicago Bulls' first-round picks. Okay. To the Phoenix Suns for the number seven pick in the draft. The Chicago Bulls then select Jimmer Fredette to play alongside Derrick Rose. Coach, you wouldn't have to give up all that for the seventh pick. No? No, no, you would only have to give up both of those picks, and maybe that's it. No. You think you think they'd trade number seven for number 28 and number 30? Possibly. I mean, because this is, this is actually right. like a, not like a really high top of the end draft, but there's, it's, there's a okay. lot in the middle. You right. know what I'm now, remember, this is after spending eight hours in my room, and this is my 13th out of 14 mock drafts, so cut me a little slacker. Uh, how about this one? How about the Bulls trade 28 and 30 uh, to the, who's ever picking 13th, 14th, or 15th, and they take your guy, Chris Singleton, to Florida State. You're the one who told me about that kid, Coach, and I absolutely love the kid. Well, and so does Tom Thibodeau because he's the all overall best defender yeah. in the yeah. NBA draft, Chris Singleton. He, he might, yeah, uh, he's projected to go like between 7 and 12. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. if if you want to, that's the guy I want in this NBA draft. Coach. That's the only guy that out of the whole draft that I want. I wouldn't mind for that if he falls to twenty-eight. Great defender. Unfortunately, the scouting report, Big Dog says he shoots it like you. 
like like me or or like a you? No, like you, David Olson. You had something. You were not. Uh, you thought I was crazy with the Jimmer for that pickup. Well, yeah, number seven. I mean, he's not projected to go until like fifteen or sixteen. Well, I know, but the Bulls didn't want to take a chance. Yeah, but again, you want to give up Taj Gibson too? Come on, coach. I I didn't say I wanted to do this. It was again a thought after seven so hours you could, of different. I mean, mo- you you could package those late, late two first rounders and jump up to about twelve or thirteen. I would think. And maybe yeah, have a shot at Jimmer if if you wanted to go in that yeah. direction. It's a pretty attractive backcourt, big dog, in more ways than one. Derek Rose at the point, Jimmer Fardet sitting off on the wing gives you a little bit more than Kyle Corver does. Uh, get the female fans showing up. All is good in love and war if we get Jimmer Fardet. Yeah, he's definitely a more versatile player than uh, the shooting Corver. The only issue with this coach is that Fredette is trying to say he's a point guard in the NBA. That's okay. You 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 talked about yesterday. You want a two guard that can create. Well, he can create. Yeah, I do. I I, I do. I definitely want that. Yeah. Do you think he's big enough mm-hmm. to play two guard in the NBA? I, I just I, I wouldn't want him as a starter. To be honest with you, I I, yeah. I would rather have Keith Bogan starting if they had Jimmer Fredette. Mm-hmm. And I know people just think I'm crazy yeah. by saying that, but. I really worry about the defense much more than I worry about offense yep. for, uh, for the Bulls winning the championship coming up. So does the head coach Tom Thibodeau talking to the big dog Joel Radwanski, checking out Chicago's fine transportation system. We'll be talking the NBA draft final game of a very good three-game city series, Cubs and Sox. It was good baseball. We'll break that baby down as well. Talk a little soccer, USA, heading to the championship of the Cock. <coughs> CONCACAF Cup. Uh, and of course, you could check in to 888-463-6748. Remember, Big Dog, this is a family sports show, especially with kids out of school, so be careful on your answer. Where are you headed at uh, 10 o'clock this morning? Uh, I'm going actually to the Abbott Planetarium, and uh, I'm going to check out uh, the, the, you know, the updates of it. I like to go like every five years or so. So, uh, you know, I go to a, a different museum. It's like a staycation for me today. So I'm going downtown, checking out the Adler Planetarium with the, with the girlfriend, and then I'm up okay. in tonight. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a nice little day downtown, Coach. Very nice. Little culture. Mm-hmm. Little culture. Now, are you aware the Adler Planetarium has just – actually, you're going about a month too early. Because are you aware they brought out some new technology? They have a brand-new exhibit they're about to unveil? I had no idea. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm – I'm, Thoroughly disappointed now. Maybe I'll go see the Dolphins instead. <laughs> now, and, and David, I'm not sure. I think some of the new exhibit is open, but the real big one, where they totally redid the technology, and it's going to be like, you know, looking, uh, you're in space, looking back at Earth like you've never seen it before. Now, you got to pay like 21 bucks to get into this particular show. But it was in the paper uh, yesterday or the other day. Check it out on the Internet. But uh, this way you can get a preview and then maybe come back for the big show. Well, yeah. Now I know why you asked me uh, to be very careful that children are listening, Coach, because I'm definitely going to go to that exhibit, but I might want to go at like 2 or 3 in the morning. <laughs> Not sure it's open at 2 or 3 in the morning. Okay. You could always hop a fence and check out the gorillas at Lincoln Park Zoo. Much better at 2, 3 in the morning. Uh, Not if they've been drinking, Coach. You... Very uncomfortable. <laughs> you used to do that all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's, there's like a low fence right by the children's zoo. Uh-huh. Not that much security at the zoo? None. None. So you sit there and have a have a cold one sitting next to the primates? It's not a bad way to or go. Or something actually. like that. Yeah, or something like that. Uh, you know, to be quite honest with you, uh, after the mule Stinson, I really think they've, they've cracked down on that, Coach. I, I don't think they're letting people into the zoo anymore. 
I, I think since uh, Dave was like running pranks in high school, things have tightened up security-wise a little bit in, uh, at the Lincoln Park Zoo. So. Oh, no, they said this was maybe 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years ago. This was maybe 10 years ago, yeah. That was before Dave became a well-respected member of the Chicago media. Now, now, now weren't you married at the time, Dave? All right, so maybe it was a little bit more than 10 years ago. <laughs> Dude, I was when I was living in the city, so. Oh, hey, good. Very good. Big Dog, you know my hearing's not good, and you're whispering in your uh, in your sultry, sexy tones, which I uh, fully appreciate it, probably not as much as some of our female listeners, and, of course, Earl from Edwardsville, who always appreciates that. But thank you very much. Did I just hear a Lemuel Stimson reference? Uh, yes, Coach. Wow. This show, whatever happens in the next 41 minutes, this show is a success already because just, just the reference, the picture, the bring back ability of a guy I forgot about, Lemuel Stimson, the show is already a success. Uh, Lemonhead didn't look totally 100% human to me, to be quite honest, Coach. You know, I, and I don't want to get all involved in it, but I always thought he was like a half-breed. And who knows what happened one of those drunken nights, you know, late night at the uh, Park Zoo with David. Take it easy. So. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. Let us not get kicked off the uh, <laughs> kick off the fine talk zone airways. Big dog uh, talking to us via the transportation here. Again, the phone lines are open, 888-PUBLIC TRANSPORTATION, I should say, 888-463-6748, wherever you might be calling from, Big Dog. I have not reminded you of late, but via the Internet, your voice, your sultry tones today, your NBA draft analysis is being heard in seven different continents via the Internet and also parts of Idaho as well. Uh, Ian, uh, it's good to know that, Coach, and, and I think I can get us some recognition as soon as I can find somebody with an HD camera that can do a little bit of editing mm-hmm. and wants to come to my house for about ten minutes. I'm not kidding you. I got this. I got. Uh, I got something that's really going to like be viral video wise. So, like, if one of your kids actually has an HD camera, mm-hmm. you send them out to Aurora for about a half hour, and hopefully one of them can do some editing for me. Interesting. So you would. This is something that you would put what via YouTube or something. It yeah, could. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll start a two guys and a mic or something like that YouTube page or something like that, and okay. put it up there, coach. And and I will guarantee you that within within a month it'll have a hundred thousand to a million hits. Wow. All right. Repeat to me again. What do we? What kind of camera do we need? We need an, an HD camera. Yeah. And then we need one of your kids to have the ability to do editing and then post a video. Editing and post. I will check because my uh, son, who's now a senior in high school, is becoming fairly expertise in this. So we might not have to look far. And he just got, he didn't get fired from his job. He was a restaurant waiter. Now, Big Doe, you've been been there before. Now, let me ask you this. He is 17 years old. Okay. And he's working as a uh, waiter in a barbecue restaurant. But apparently, I haven't been in the place, but apparently they have a little bit of a, a bar where you go behind the bar to get the soft drinks, you know, to pour the drinks. Okay. Now, obviously, not being 18, if somebody orders beer, so he has to get one of the other servers to bring it. Uh-huh. Okay, but that seems like a fairly, it's just a small little little place. But apparently the owner of the place did some checking with their lawyer, and just because they serve bar, uh, beer behind the bar, they cannot have a server under the age of 18. Uh, okay, and I think it was 19 is the actual uh, age. So even though they don't actually serve it? Yeah, yeah, that's. So, uh, I mean, I was bouncing at a place, and it was like uh, it was like strictly forbidden that like anybody that was not that was serving anything had to be at least nineteen. So 
so they, there was people there that like were better than the servers that we had there, but they had to work at like the front doors, hostesses, mm-hmm. until they turned 19. So I'm pretty sure it's not even 18, it's 19. Interesting. All right, well, bottom line is he's out of work looking for something to do, so we might be able to, uh, we might take a little staycation out in Aurora if we need to. Yeah, it, it won't take long. It won't take long at all because okay. I'll write it all up. He comes out there, he videos it, and, and uh, as long as he can capture something and put it into the video as like a, I don't know. We'll get into it, the bell coach, but it's pretty cool. It'll be nice. okay. And can you give us a hint or would it give it away? What what exactly would this video be about? It's, it's the Darwin Barney video, Coach. Uh, I don't know if I want to embarrass Darwin Barney, though. You don't want to do it? Okay. I think it's pretty funny. I'm not going to make him look bad. Mm-hmm. I was going to put him along the fact that he, you know, he hustles, mm-hmm. plays smart baseball, so maybe he's along the lines of some of the greats that have done that have gone along this path before, like the mm-hmm. Nick Newton of the world. Interesting. Interesting. Let me let me let me think about that one. But uh, I got you. I got you. Very good. All right. Big dog headed down to the planetarium. Very exciting. NBA draft analysis, little baseball talk. We got soccer coming, little NFL football talk, and we'll jump off the sports page as well. Draft today at six thirty, dog. I know you're not overly excited about it, even though you're our NBA official analyst, but uh six thirty TNT, do you see anything um surprising? Anything Different. I know there's no superstars in this draft, and it appears the number one pick is, is we're not going to have a surprise, right? It'll be Kyrie Irving. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive it's going to be him, and that's what everybody's been talking about. But you know, there's uh, this kid that is 19 years old from Europe, this Russian center that everybody is just raving about, saying he might be the best player in the draft. It's, Enos Cantor. Funny. Yep. Yeah, no, not, not Enos Cantor from Turkey. Ustavani uh, is from uh, from uh, Russia, coach, and he's uh, expected to go anywhere from like two to five. After Kyrie Irving, and but there's talk that like Minnesota is going to take him at number two. So it, it's funny is we haven't really had a lot of intrigue, and there's no no player all of a sudden you know no player has been standing out. Well, this morning on the mm-hmm. day of the draft, all of a sudden this guy is like now there's talk of people wanting to trade up for him and all kinds of stuff. So it, it took a while, coach, but we finally have like a hot player. What, what is his last name again? Uh, it starts B. Yeah, I'm not looking. Oh, Valens see from Lithuania. Yes, yes. Okay. Which is, which is the old part of the old Soviet Union. I'm sorry, I call yep. it Russia. Yep. Six nine and a half, two hundred and forty one pounds from Lithuania. Uh, they are projecting him to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers as the number four pick. He would then mm-hmm. go along with Kyrie Irving and uh, attempt to turn around the, the dreaded Cavalier. Uh, yeah, and but you see, the the, the thing is, is the, the talk is there might be a lot more European players going in the first round this year because the, the lockout in the NBA is real. Mm-hmm. And so these guys couldn't play. Like these rookies couldn't play for like a year. Mm-hmm. If you're from Europe and they're already on a team, they will continue to get better and improve. So when the NBA season does start, they can just slide right in and be ready to play next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a strange draft, coach. Considering you know everybody's talking about the NFL and and the and the lockout, but let's, let's be honest. I mean, the NBA's got one too, and the, the NBA might be further away from than, than from figuring out than the NFL is. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, there's a, that that. Uh, that brings a lot of intrigue into the draft when you talk about the consideration that teams might think more European this year just because of that, you know, uh, and the fact that this might not be a very talented American draft. I mean, and, Williams of Arizona, does that really get your blood flowing, Coach? Uh, a six foot seven power forward? Yeah, Derek Williams, uh, after watching him play in the NCAA tournament, he would be, uh, he, he'd be, you know, a low milligrams of Cialis for me, yeah. He would get the blood flowing a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Not, but yeah. low level. You know, we're not talking. We're not talking uh, over the top. But yeah, 
the way he played in the NCAA, and I really I hadn't seen him play much before, but he looks to me even more than Kyrie Irving like a can't miss NBA prospect. Okay, well that's cool. I mean, I'm just a little worried about Minnesota. Trust me, the kid was dominant coach, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seemed like it seemed like he got 15 free throw attempts a game. I, I just I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in the in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's going to raise a small forward, not a not a power forward, but we'll see. And it's amazing these guys, you know, the money that they're going to get and and the, the high selection. We talk about I'm talking about guys like Brandon Knight and and Kyrie Irving who. You know, Brandon Knight played one year of college ball. Kyrie Irving played less than a half a season. He played, what, about seven or eight games before he got hurt. He came back and played a couple of games in the tournament, and teams are putting that much stock into these kids. They're really big dog, have played very, very little high-level basketball. Uh, no, you're, you're exactly right, and Kyrie Irving's a perfect example. At least that time the train didn't almost hit me, Coach. <laughs> Just let you, know. Uh, you know, it's... That's why, I mean, maybe these European guys or the guys that are uh, like a junior in college are a little bit more uh, apt to be good, like not only right away, but at least you know what you're getting. With, with Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, I mean, people are talking about, oh, him and Brandon Knight, oh, yeah, these guys are going to be still good in the NBA. How do we really know? I mean, you really don't. Yep. A lot of it is projection. What if you, uh, let's just take uh, assistant producer. Have you met Randy Myers, our assistant producer? Uh, I have not, Coach. Okay. What if, if David Olson was on the draft board? You met David. Yeah. Give me an NBA scouting report of, of, a, of a producer, David Olson. How would it look? Uh, he's a, he's a, a palm on the floor, or slash the palm on the floor type defensive style player. Okay, coach. He, he'll get in your face. He's spicy. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, lacks uh, skills in the, the actual game, but makes up for it in tenacity and effort. It's good, good analysis. Okay. Good analysis. And, uh, what would you go? Mid second round for David Olson? Yeah, it probably yeah. much more success as a coach right. than an actual player. All right. If I had to go assistant producer Randy Myers on the board, six foot, uh, six foot on a good day, 182 pounds, decent mid range game, struggles on the inside, goes well to his right, lacks athleticism, but it will be a good team player, good attitude, could contribute maybe a couple of minutes a game. I would, you know, low second round at best. Now, I, I think you would probably have a much better baseball-type draft resume, to be honest with you, especially just because of the name Randy Myers. That's true. That's true. Comes from good stock, spells the last name differently. But, uh, all right, so 6.30 TNT tonight. We'll be finding out. Do, do you Now, let me ask you this. With the with negotiations, I don't even know what the hell it is. Not a strike, but there's, uh, you know, I'm so confused with what league is having which negotiation, but there's stuff going on. How's that for professional talk, sports so talk radio? Talking about, you're talking about NBA? Yeah. But lockout? Or... Lockout. It's a, they're both lockouts. NFL and okay. NBA are both lockouts. So, d- help me out here. Does the lockout or the threat of it, does that precurse trades being made in the NBA draft? Oh, no, no. You can make trades. You can. Right okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, All right. Because the collective bargaining agreement hasn't ended, mm-hmm. but there's a threat that it will. So okay. at this, at everything is actually normal on this particular uh, uh, this mm-hmm. in in those terms. Okay. okay. So having said that, do you, do you see any teams making a, a big trade? Any particular players that might be going? I don't know teams that maybe are a player away, and obviously the Chicago Bulls are one of those. That'd be a heck of a chance, but. Well, well, obviously there's there's going to be trades, especially when you consider that 11 of the draft picks are already traded from different players on um, different teams already. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to continue. And and there's been some 
huge names bantied about in a, a trade talk. But mm-hmm. legitimate trade talks where Steve Nash, or the, or the Suns coach, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty big time. You know? yep. And then there, there's been there's been other rumors, but like the Steve Nash one is for real. Steve Nash for the number two overall pick going to Memphis. Why would Memphis do that? I'd have no idea why. But or Phoenix, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But let's let's see back from the Hesher Tyrant. Yeah, but Memphis is one of those teams. Oklahoma City, another. Even the New York Knicks. Now that they've got Carmelo Anthony, and of course Amari Stoudemire, those are the teams that might be looking to copy what the Miami Heat did and get that third great player in and maybe look for that success. The Knicks are. Um, I think pick it at number 17. Any chance they make a big move? Well, wouldn't, wouldn't Steve Nash fit in perfectly in New York? Oof. Because you have, if you think about it, you have two guys yeah. that are our stop the ball guys. All they can basically do is score. But if you got Steve Nash, those guys bad. fall in a situation where they can just get it and shoot it instead of get it and stop it and hold yep. it and shoot a fadeaway. Boy, that's okay. it. But that's an interesting. That's like one of those chemistry experiments you try in science class, which it could work really, really well, or that thing could blow up over the top too, and mess up about six or seven deaths. Nash with Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, and the, and the talk. Interesting. Is, uh, the the talk would be uh, Chauncey Billups and the Knicks first round pick for Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Knicks are one of those two. Memphis Grizzlies another. Memphis Grizzlies, another. You give, what is Memphis? Well, they got Marcus I was going to say one big man in the middle because they got a lot of nice complimentary parts. I guess well, the Grizzlies could use, and they got Michael um, Conley at point guard. So, you yeah, know, maybe know. one of those top European players. And Enos Cantor could put Memphis right in the championship game next year. Hey, coach, uh, don't forget the best player, which is Zach Randolph. No, I know that. I was thinking of big men. Okay. That's well, why I'm saying what they need. Yeah, they, they need a point guard. Well, they got Michael Conley. Coach, a guy that shoots 38% from the field, I mean, I just think you can take Mike Conley. Mike Conley is a backup NBA point guard. I'm not so sure I agree with that. I I, I, I just don't trust Michael Conley running my offense. But then again, you know what, maybe there's – okay, he's a second-tier point guard possibly, but he's definitely not one of the top, like, 20 point guards in the NBA. Mm, Not even – he might might be in that 10 to 20 range, but we we would disagree on that particular point. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's always good entertainment. A little bit less sexy this year than usual, Big Dog, but always good entertainment. If you can't watch it, I will bring you the highlights tomorrow on our NBA post-draft analysis show. Any chance you'll be watching tonight? I, I, I have to umpire. I shouldn't say I have to umpire. I'm umpiring at uh, DePaul University yep. tonight. That's, that's, uh, oh, very cool. Field. Very cool. Gorgeous people. Come on down. It's uh, the Fullerton stop on the red line. Uh-huh. Nominal. And I, I got to tell you something. The uh, I, I have to turn a blind eye to it, but the amount of alcohol that these women drink at these softball games, coach, unbelievable. The spectators or the actual participants? Both, but definitely, but the participants, coach. Wow. And I, I got to tell you something. There's some there's some serious lobbying for for calls in this league by the girls. <laughs> and uh, I got to admit, I, I can be swayed. <laughs> You're saying that on public airwaves, huh? I, I, I'm willing to admit, Coach. You you will let professionalism, professionalism go by the wayside depending on the particular temptation. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah you'll fit in fine as an umpire, Big Doug. I think uh, that's one of the that's one of the prime credentials. What what is it, Tim Tim Donahue? What was his name, Coach? Yeah, Tim Donahue. Tim Donahue. Yeah, he was he was an idol of mine. I mean, the idea to to be actually become a millionaire by becoming an NBA official. I mean that that 
that's mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Coach. How many other people would have the gumption, the know-how, and lack the scruples to actually do it? He's got a book out, right? Uh, does he have a book I, out? I believe that he uh, either is writing or has a book. So there'll be some more expose courtesy of NBA ref Tim Donahue. I'm not sure if he's still in prison or not. I think he's out. I thought you can't capitalize on your yeah. illicit behavior. That's a good okay. point. I, so I'm not sure. But, I, but to be honest with you, Coach, I would love to hear the truth of what was really going on. But mm-hmm. we played Sacramento, Los Angeles. We made sure that uh, Sacramento wasn't going to beat L.A. And all of a sudden we had the you know Sacramento versus Orlando in the finals, which would have destroyed the ratings. I, mean, I want to hear this stuff. Yeah, most likely it's not as uh, dramatic as you're making it out to be. You don't think so? You just I, think it's yeah. just one loser ref? That's really what, bad. Yeah. Um, well, there's going to be other people involved, but I, I don't know. Sometimes it's not like completely costing teams games. A lot of it has to do with point spread. You know, instead of losing by eight, they lose by four. So I don't know if it's as dramatic as making sure Sacramento's in the finals and not Phoenix. We'll see. But um, actually, one of the things uh, that uh, that they did a lot was they they manipulated the over and unders big time. Yes. It wasn't really like the winner or loser. They they would if it was they wanted the over to be hit. Mm-hmm. They made sure they called a ton of fouls, a ton of fouls. Interesting. You know what I mean, and so that way people get in foul trouble, you're shooting foul shots. You know, what I mean, you you can score a lot more points that way. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, one uh, email coming in from Easy Eddie. Easy Eddie, before we leave the NBA draft, want to get the Cubs Sox talks here, and you can uh, always email us. We'll read some of the emails over the air at Mike Two guys aol.com m-i-c and the number two mike two guys at aol.com easy eddie wants to know uh ask big dog why guys like ben there's a lot of these guys but ben hansborough and juan johnson just to name a couple who were and chandler parsons would fall in this category too great college players they were their conference players of the year in the big 10 the sec and the big east and easy eddie wants to know from the our expert joel redwanski why can they star at these high-level conferences and not be prime NBA prospects? Uh, you it's know, a good question, by the way. It is, it's a phenomenal question, and you said the, the word earlier. It was like you have to figure out how their game translates to the NBA. And to be quite honest with you, how was Juwan Johnson not get taken in the top five, Coach? I, I'm so glad you brought up that name. I've been meaning to say it, but, you know, like when we do the show, you kind of sidetrack. <laughs> Juwan Johnson should be one of the top five players taken in the draft. Period. He might not even go in the first round. That's crazy. That is craziness. Seriously, so if that's true, the, the Bulls would have a shot at him at 28 or 30. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope that's true because all I know about Juwan Johnson is this. He plays winning basketball. Purdue won. They kept winning while he was there, and he was their leader mm-hmm. year in and year out. So uh, he's, he can shoot the ball from 15 feet. He can block shots. He's a good teammate, good kid. That kid, please be there at 28 for the ball. Yeah, and, you know, again, you'd, you'd understand that thinking a little bit at the low-level Division One, maybe at a mid-level conference. But when you're talking the major conferences, you're up against, you know, not NBA, but some pretty high-caliber competition. If you excel like these guys had for a couple of years at that level, it, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm the NBA scouts, I'm sure know what they're talking about, but it is confusing sometimes if they can excel at that level. Why can't they excel at the next level in the NBA? It's about production, Big Doug. It's not about how big or how fast you can run. I, I completely agree. And uh, you know what? It, it's funny is Tyler Hansborough was supposed to be a bust, and all of a sudden, like during the Indiana series with the Bulls, yep. he was he was without a doubt giving them some of the most important minutes uh, on the floor. So you know, 
Ben Hansborough played in the, the Big East, which was the best basketball conference in the country this year by far. And it was mm-hmm. one of the best conferences in, in years. And then in, in the Big Ten this year, that was no slouch. Are you kidding me? The Big Ten was the second best right. conference in the country. And Ben Hansborough and Juwan Johnson should be taken into consideration as, you know, mm-hmm. exactly right. Can they play? Forget the how long is their wingspan. Oh, by the way, Juwan Johnson is incredible. Forget how long they can hang in the air. Why don't they do this? Are they skilled basketball players? Can they dribble? Can they shoot? Juwan Johnson is a freak of an athlete, and he has a great wingspan, and he can shoot a 15-foot jump shot, Coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then in Hansborough, I mean, that guy is a cold-blooded killer with the ball. I mean, he can create his own shot, and he can, uh, you know, distribute. He's, He's tough, too. Player. He's got some toughness. He's not going to get psyched out by uh, NBA-level competition. Cinemax, Cindy just emailed him, Big Dog, very quickly. Uh, ask Big Dog, please don't take it personal, but how large is your wingspan? Hey, Coach, believe it or not, I have a ridiculously long wingspan. Really? I don't know if you knew this, but you've seen me for years, but I'm always sitting down with a, like a, a platform in front of me. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have a disproportionate long upper body as wow. opposed to a lower torso. Wow. I have the perfect body for run blocking. <laughs> if, if you like, like legitimately, uh, you know, I'm six foot two, but I only wear 32 inch length pants. <laughs> Like most most six foot two guys wear like thirty four, thirty thirty five <laughs> in like pants. Okay, so like have you ever seen like Matt Forte whose belly button is right below his chin? <laughs> okay, I'm the exact opposite. Okay, like if we stood next to each other, Matt Forte and I are the same exact height, <laughs> and his belly button is legitimately six inches higher than mine. Oh goodness, David Olson, I'm laughing only because I'm just picturing the big dog right now. You know, sitting there's like an older lady to his left, and some you know younger executive businessman on his right. And Joel, who started off talking, you know, a little bit sultry, but we're talking sports, getting a little bit louder and louder. And here he is talking about his ridiculously long wingspan, something about his belly button. Oh, I could wish I could see the reaction of the people around you right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really wish I could put this on the, on the web page right now, Coach. Yes, that was fascinating, outstanding radio. All right, can we move along to baseball, Big Dog? I know when I talk baseball, I don't even have to ask you, but I will. Well, well, please, absolutely, because I'll be more than happy to talk about Cliff Lee, who just dominated the last night, Coach. Guys, unbelievable. Yes, it was a great game. Unbelievable. I think since his first three or four games, Philadelphia knocking off St. Louis yet again. Cliff Lee was pro. He's got something like a point zero seven four ERA since the middle of May. Big dog, literally unhittable. Yeah, he uh, he's allowed one run in his last four starts. Last wow. two starts have been shut out. I mean, he's he's really. I mean, he's just blowing people away, coach. It's it's it's, it's phenomenal. He gets like uh, uh, he gives up a broken bat uh, single, and then the next guy grabs into a double play, and then mm-hmm. he's over with. It's like wow. I mean, it's like you total in yep. total fan right now. Philadelphia's playing exactly as we thought they would play. They had a few little you know bumps in the road, but they're coming around. Chase Utley back in the lineup. Interestingly, though, at, at first it was the Florida Marlins giving him a push, push. But now, all of a sudden, very quietly, shh, don't tell anybody, the Atlanta Braves playing very good baseball. Big. This is probably good for Philadelphia because it keeps them on their toes. But Atlanta's won something like five, six in a row. They just got through a sweep, four and a half back. And the Braves, without Chipper Jones, by the way, he's on the DL, they uh, sweep Toronto five to one. So Atlanta hanging right with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, they, they absolutely are, Coach. And, uh, you know, in, in Atlanta, they just swept. Uh, Toronto, like you said, and Toronto can't hit all of a sudden with that great offense. And uh, Atlanta has something 
that you need. They have a great starting staff, but they have Johnny Venters and Craig Kimbrough at the end of the game. These guys are 21 and 22, absolutely throwing heat out of the pen, Coach. They might be one of the better one-two combinations in, in the National League. And then now, if you go to the Crosstown series, I mean, uh, the, you know, that were that just got done last night, the, the Sox beat the Cubs 2 out of 3. Now, how about the, the Cubs bullpen job that they did last night? Excellent. That, that kid, Chris Carpenter? Excellent. Oh, my, oh my word. Both so, the White Sox and Cubs have a lot of problems, Big Dog, the least of their problems. In fact, one could say a, a real strength for both teams is uh, the back end of, the, of both of their bullpens. You know, and you're exactly right, Coach. And, if, you know, we knew that the Cubs were going to have a really good uh, bullpen this year. At least I, I did. I, you know, at the beginning of the first two, three weeks of the season, what was it, the, the White Sox blew six out of seven days to start the year? Yep. Who would have Who would have thought you'd be saying that about the White Sox right now? Yep. Seriously, but, so they've got that solved. Yeah, they got well, Chris Sale, Jesse Crane, uh, Matt Thorne, and right now Sergio Santos, the way he's thrown the last couple of games. That's his, there may be teams, Big Dog, with two better guys. I don't know that there's four stronger right now than the Chicago White Sox back four. No, no, I'm going to, I totally agree. It's definitely in the American League, Coach, in the American League. And it's funny because Matt, Matt Thornton and, and Chris Sale were horrendous when the season started. So yep. Horrendous. You know, and, and last night, you know, Matt Thornton threw the ball back to where he wanted to. And uh, and Chris Sale, when he gave two and a third innings, two and two thirds innings last night, mm-hmm. that was a huge outing for him. And, and Len Casper giving him so much. I mean, I, I was cracking up with Len Casper and Bob Brunley were saying about him. Just like, uh, like he was disappearing on the mound. He would turn sideways. You know, somebody, uh, Somebody get this guy a meal ticket. It was pretty good. They gave him three for two and a half, two and a half innings. So he is, uh, well, uh, us of that stature, we like to call ourselves thin, big dog, not skinny. But depending on the way you want to look at it, he does have that particular physique. I don't know where he gets the power to throw the ball, but he he can get some giddy up on that fastball. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's about arm speed. You know, it doesn't matter how much muscles you have, mm-hmm. but how fast you can get that arm going. Uh, baseball fans, you're Chicago fans, you watch the Cubs White Sox City Series, a good one. White Sox win two out of three. They beat the Cubs last night four to three. All three games, good baseball, very competitive. You can say blah, blah, blah about their records. There's no interest and stuff. I thought big deal. All three games were entertaining. It was quality baseball. Kudos to the Sox, but, uh, nice performance, I thought, by both teams. Yeah, and, uh, the, the Suicide Squeeze is the difference, coach. Uh, that gave the White Sox the third run of the game. Uh, the, the Cubs were totally unprepared. I, I liked uh, the analysis by Bob Brenly. He said he, he talked about it like when a team is confused, yep. that's when you that's when you throw down the suicide squeeze because they weren't prepared for it. Yep. And he was exactly it was the pitch right after. You're like, are you kidding me? AJ Brzezinski just got a triple. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's you know. And you're, you're if there's ever a time to be confused, it's when you're on defense and you see AJ stand, standing at third base after a triple. <laughs> like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah, you know, next thing you know, AJ Brzezinski scoring on a on a suicide squeeze. Uh, by the way, a perfect, a perfect spot to get it down. Yeah, can and, we throw know. some kudos? By the way, to the gentleman, uh, and I think I forgot to put out the phone number. Sox Cubs fans, you want to check in? Now the time to do it, Big Dog and the coach at your service. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. We got to throw some kudos, Big Dog, to a guy who has uh, really done it since the start. Of the year, he comes off the bench. He starts at times. However, you play him, he has performed. Kudos to him. Brent Lillibridge has been a big part of the White Sox success. Uh, when they've had success, well, without question, you know Paul Kinnerko was the MVP of the team, and then right after him, 
it's either Sergio Santos or Brett Lundlebridge right now for yep. the Chicago White Sox. How important he's been. Yep. You know, getting with him, uh, nominations for plays that he's making at center, left, right, second, third. No matter where he goes, he's uh, playing like gold glove style uh, defense. It's, he's truly really had an amazing breakout season, Coach. I mean, he is a legitimate Major League Baseball player. He's going to be around for, for 10 years. So. Mm-hmm. And wasn't he an infielder when the Sox brought him up, and now he's one of the best defensive outfielders in the American League? Or was he an outfielder by trade, and the Sox tried to turn him into an infielder? No, I'm pretty sure he was uh, he was a, a second baseman his whole time coming okay. up, and uh, he's the Martin Prado of the American League coach. Okay, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> he's just the Atlanta Brave guy that does the same thing. He's like just a, a great infielder who can play a bunch of positions, and they move him up to the outfield, and he's been great out there too. So, gotcha, gotcha. All right, White Sox win the game four to three. Let me. What are my notes I took on the show, Big Dog? And I did. I watched a lot of the Cubs almost, and again, via the DVR fast-forward machine, but uh, watched almost all three games in its entirety. Here's, see if you're with me on this, you know I'm a Cub fan, but I don't know that I can ever remember a team that gets behind in a count faster and quicker. I mean, I'll go through my fast-forward machine and sometimes between pitches or between batters, and almost every time, almost every hitter, you're boom, 0-1, 0-2. Yeah, and it's it's Peña and Soria, Soriano, every single time. And, and Aramis Ramirez, but am I just imagining it, or the Cubs, and even Starlin Castro, Darwin Barney to some extent, almost as a whole as a team, they either look at good first pitches or they swing at bad, but they get behind in the count more than any team I can ever remember watching. Yeah, you know that's been a that's been a Cub tendency for years now, Coach. Yeah. And I, right. I don't even think it's just this year, but yeah, they they swing at pitches in the dirt, swing at over their head, and it's o two, and then they're totally defensive. Bad it's, at bats. I mean, uh, just bad at bats. Yeah, you're in, you're out. That's been a problem with the Chicago Cubs. Situational hitting. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been bad, Coach. You, th- they need to be able to adjust. Okay, if they realize that people continue to throw balls in the dirt to start the count out, you got to quit swinging at balls in the dirt on the first pitch. Isn't it that simple? Is it that difficult? Yeah, or they happen to be, t- you know, they're guessing wrong and they take and the first pitch is beautiful. It just seems like whatever they guess or whatever they do, it is typically wrong. And uh, again, they're just consistently 01, 02, 1 and 2 in the count, and then you're digging. And. Of course, we do have award-winning hitting coach Rudy Jaramillo, Big Dog. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to Rudy, but uh, whatever he's teaching, not working that great right now. The, the last time I talked to Rudy Jaramillo, I was standing on the rooftops of Sheffield, and it was covered <laughs> in bad practice, and Wrigley Field was empty. And yeah. you could totally hear what I was saying. And yeah. I, I, you remember me telling the story, Coach. <laughs> this is no joke. I let him know how I felt about him. Uh-huh. And then Ryan Damster uh, walked out to right field, and was, he was had the bat like halfway up. <laughs> Like, actually, he was going to attack me with a bat. Yeah, I, well, I, I can't. Yeah, I let Rudy Harmio. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the, how poorly the Cubs have hit situationally, yep. and exactly what you're talking about continues. Yep. Uh, it's, it's bad, coach. Maybe really I don't know. Maybe Sean Dunson is our hitting coach right now. That's what it looks like. Uh, or Sammy Sosa pre-1998. Yikes. Do you, do you remember in 1998, Jeff Pentland for the Chicago Cubs yes. he told Sammy Sosa he was going to fine him, was going to fine him if he if uh, if he swung before he got a strike pitched to him by the mm-hmm. 
by the pitcher. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Sammy Sosa realized that he was it was 2-0 and with 3-0 and all the time. And all of a sudden, all the NL pitchers had to decide something. Well, I guess we're going to have to pitch to him this year. Yep. And guess what? And all of a sudden, Sammy Sosa was hitting 20 home runs in June. And then mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Sammy, you realize what was wrong? He's like, oh, okay. I'm Funny how that works. Anymore. Yeah. And then, and then he took the fine off him, and Sammy Sosa never had that problem again. Seriously. Interesting. Interesting. Bring back Jeff Petlin. I know the uh, story with Adam Dunn. Now, he's having a brutal year, but Adam Dunn's reputation, he's been a, a, a very good power hitter, and he has a pretty good eye. Draws a lot of walks in the story with Adam Dunn. I think it was back in high school or college, dog. And his coach basically told Adam Dunn, for every pitch you swing at out of the strike zone, next practice you're running sprints. Well, those of us that have gotten to know Adam Dunn a little bit, uh, realized that physical exercise is not one of his great strengths. He said he hated to run so much. That is what prevented him from swinging at bad pitches. Maybe the Cubs should try that with Carlos Pena, Aramis Ramirez, and company. Well, you'd have to figure out something that they don't like to do. And for Aramis Ramirez, it definitely is run. Okay, it's, Either that or smile. It's definitely run. And for Carlos Pena, it's uh, it's to catch balls in the dirt thrown by Starling Pass. Oof. Yes, I'm, I'm. You know, everybody's talking about how great defensively Carlos Pena is, and yep. he is. But for some reason, this past like two weeks, he's missed four balls he should have caught from Sarman Castro, including yep. last night, by the way, yep. which was another one. Len Casper, Bob Brownlee completely missed that one. Oh, the throwaway by Starlin Castro it took him like the third or fourth replay until they realized, oh, you know what, Carlos Pena should have nabbed that. You know what? There was one yesterday too. The same thing happened. That's what I'm and, talking and about. They, yeah, Yesterday? Uh, no, I meant the day before, too, that oh. they, uh, that Sterling Castro got an error on, and Carlos Pena should have got the error. And, yeah. and they, and the Brunley and Castro never noticed. You know, yeah. it was funny. I was like, is it going to happen again? And then you're right, like on the third or fourth replay, they finally, you know, pointed it out. Yeah, and that would have been Castro's play if they get an out, big dog. Out of top tens, ESPN highlights, where would that have been? About third or fourth, maybe? Well, if, if you would have saw the one that won it last night, it, 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 it definitely, it, it it could have been in the top, definitely in the top three, Coach. It could yep. have been number one. Would have been a phenomenal play. How about Gordon Beckham's play? Did it make the top ten? Uh, Gordon Beckham's play did not make the top okay. ten. It should have. It was phenomenal. The, yep. the number one play of the day was Jose Batista going over the fence in, in Atlanta and, and dropping a, a home run, which was it was. But it, Star Nakasha wasn't going to top that. Mm-hmm. Did not uh, see that particular one, but uh, we'll make sure I do so. Again, talk a little baseball, big dog and a coach, two guys and a mic. Phone line's open. If you want to check in, uh, Cub Sox fans, your thought on the series just completed, 888-463-6748. BTW, big dog, by the way, the White Sox continue their amazing streak. They've now won 17 consecutive interleague series. That, my friend, is impressive. So you're now doing the show via text messages, comments. So I'm going to get, am I going to get an OMG and an LOL later, Coach? BTW? You know, we should do. We, we need to take text messages. I'm not sure how we do that, but that that's uh, becoming more and more popular way of conversation, Big Doe. We need to put your technological uh, expertise to work and figure out how people can text our show. <laughs> and breaking up is hard to do. You still there? Yes, I bet. Ah, beautiful. Thought we lost you for a second. Uh, at any rate, White Sox uh, take the series from the Cubs. Two out of three. We move on. Cincinnati Reds and the Yankees split in a doubleheader yesterday. we got to mention, what's the kid's name? Big Doug. Chris Heisey? 
Oh, Chris Heisey of uh, three homers yesterday. He gets a spot start for uh, for Drew Stubb, and he knows he's going to start the second game of the doubleheader. So all during the first game, took 300 batting practice swings. Goes into the game, hits a homer on his first at bat, hits two more, three home runs in the game. He has, he has 13 for his career, and three came in yesterday's game. <laughs> Now, just to be clear, uh, this was not three homers in the doubleheader. It was oh, no. three homers in one game, game two of the DH. Yes. No. Wow. As, 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 no, he was playing center field for Drew Stubbs. It was Drew Stubbs' first day off. Oh, he did. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> he comes in and <laughs> three jacks. So, right, he's, your, he's your player of the day. How about San Diego knocking off Boston 5-1? to one. The Red Sox bats silent. San Diego winning 2 out of three, the only bat that was not silenced is your guy, Adrian Gonzalez, in defeat. Goes, uh, I don't know if he's four for four, but he got four hits, big dog. So he continues hot. Yeah, he, he was four for four. And he, uh, line drives off of the park, but Kevin Euclid and, and David Ortiz both hit a two double plays, uh, right after that happened. The Padres win two out of three coach, and I gotta tell you something, they're, they're starting to play a little bit better. They, they've got a really good fielder team and a good, uh, pitching staff, but yeah, they, they, they will not be able to hit in order to keep it up all season. National League West, one of many divisions that is there for the take. Berwin next up, Berwin. Uh, the National League West is there for the taking because the San Francisco Giants are struggling. The Dodgers, they're kind of mediocre. Colorado, maybe, but that, that's a division big dog that's looking for someone to take charge. Yeah, yeah. Colorado has, has not played anywhere near as well as, as we thought they were going to play this year. And, I mean, you, you didn't mention the Diamondbacks, Coach, and if they keep on getting started like they did last night for me and Kennedy, they're going to be all right. Now, the biggest issue with them is if are they going to have anybody at the end of the game to actually close it out? Because they got J.J. Putz doing that, Coach. And oh, boy. Know, but that's not good. That's just my own personal opinion. Oh, boy. That's not good. I thought getting rid of Brian Fuentes was a good move, but if your replacement is J.J. Putz, you're in big trouble. Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't ever in, in the Diamondbacks, Coach. They – they had uh, Papa Grande, the big potato. Uh, and, uh, oh, I, you know, I just fell and caught myself unlike anything you've ever seen, Coach. You'd have been really proud of me. Describe it. What happened? Okay, I was, I'm, I got the phone in one hand, <laughs> and I got my bike in the left hand, and I'm walking down the stairs. As I'm coming down the stairs off the train, I missed the last step. Uh-oh. This is just seconds ago. And as I land... There's a, there's an elderly woman walking, and I had to avoid her somehow, and you didn't even you didn't even notice, Coach. It's unbelievable. That's better than one of the stunts on Jackass, the big dog. <laughs> and, and the beautiful thing was, as you were analyzing closers for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and you didn't break stride. You kept your analysis going, bicycle in one hand. God knows what other in the other hand, and almost ran over an old lady on the bottom of the stairs. And, and I was saying, Papa Grande. Yeah, this was, that was right as I was saying it. I said Papa Grande. Uh, so. You okay? I mean, I don't want you to get hurt now. If you can't continue the show, let me no, know. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm absolutely good. So, all right. um, he, everything now, is going to be quite all right, Coach. You got the girlfriend with you? No, not yet. But I'm going to be meeting her down uh, on Balbo in Columbus. She doesn't work there, Coach. She's got a real job. <laughs> That's probably meeting her. Okay. So it's, it's, it's Just good. to be clear, your girlfriend has not worked the streets, the street corner at Balboa in Columbus. No, she is a, a very productive and well-respected uh, nurse. And by the way, now I, I brought up my girlfriend before because she's the one who's from the Philippines, and her family is being extorted by the by the local uh, police. And, yes. And her sister is still in jail over some trumped-up drug charges. Okay, Coach? Okay. And uh, 
I, we talked about it about two weeks ago, about the fact that she was asked to, to pay 30,000 pesos in order to get her out of jail. Yep. Well, they paid it, and guess what? Now they're asking for 50,000 pesos. Oh, boy. They didn't let her out. Oh, boy. Now she's thinking about Who? going back to the Philippines, getting the brother, and the, and trust me, this could get ugly, like with bolo knives, you know, those big machete ones? Mm-hmm. And trust me, like, I've been asked, you, are you willing to go to the Philippines with me? I was like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. But I just had to be able to surf at least a, a little bit while I'm out there. She didn't mind. So, <laughs> you know, like, uh, slap around some corrupt cops, get the sister out of jail. Well, a couple of questions. When you say they, who's they? They asked for so many pesos? Oh, uh, the, the the police department and local authorities in the Philippines. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the public officials. Okay. Who are also run by the mafia, which is which is obviously what it's like here in the United States, but they do it a little bit more under the table. Or in the in the Philippines, it's like, what are we going to do about it? There's nothing mm-hmm. we can do. Uh, question number two. Give me a quick uh, PT, a pesos translation. Uh, Fifty thousand. Well, how many pesos did you say they were asking for? They well, they they, they gave thirty thousand pesos the first time. Now they want fifty. I really, I, I should probably have David Ols to translate it. But the, there's been thirty thousand pesos trained uh, uh, exchange hands already with oh, right. no exchange of the girl back to where she belongs. Roughly okay. thirty thousand pesos. Roughly, how much is that in uh, United States dollarage? I'm not sure, okay. but enough that I couldn't biggie size my Big Mac deal the other day. Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, no, I'm just right. I, obviously I don't eat at, at McDonald's. I don't yeah. know. I'll have to check, but I do know it's it's probably a decent sum of money, Coach. I'm wow. assuming over a thousand bucks. That's brutal. That is brutal. Well, I'm I'm glad your girlfriend is uh, a productive and B, well-respected, because that's two things we could definitely use on our show, productivity and respect. Well, yeah, I'm actually pretty productive, Coach, at, at certain types of activities. Yep. I just have to start doing those activities. Okay. And then I will, could actually have some production. All right, well, if you want to meet the big dog, go down to uh, Balboa and Columbus. He'll be there in a few minutes, and you can uh, maybe get a autograph or possibly give him a charitable donation. Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number, Wimbledon, Tennis Day, two big dog, uh, Serena Williams, by the way, and Venus Williams, both, after battling injuries, they are both back in the tournament, and neither one has lost yet, so, uh, the Williams sisters are back? Yeah, yeah, coach, and, uh, it was pretty cool, did you see Venus's, uh, uh, battle with, uh, Kamiko Crum Date, or Date Crum? I did not. Well, she was taken on a 40-year-old coach. A forty-year-old. Yep. This this woman. She had retired in like ninety-six, and like yeah. eighteen years later, right? She comes back to play. Exactly, coach. So yeah, she was. Uh, that's one heck of a story, and she gave Venus everything she could handle. So, uh, um, well, you know, Venus was able to win, but what a heck of a tournament, coach. I mean, what a heck of a match. I actually watched it. You know, think about it. I can't even imagine two years from now. And, and, you know, women's tennis is totally different. Women's tennis is, is you hit 18 and you're done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, like, uh, like the special ones like Navratilova and the Williams sisters, and uh, if you can do it past the age of, like, 25, 30, you're rare, rare company as a tennis Yeah, player, it's so. changing a little bit. Who's the young lady? Is it Kim Kleisters who came back, remember, after taking, like, four years off, a couple of pregnancies? Or was that N.N. Huh? Or was that N.N. Hardeen? Nah, I don't think it was her. She's not back. She retired. No, she's back, Coach. Huh? Oh, she's back and retired again, though. 
All right. Well, I think it was just recent. I think it's Kim Kleisters, but um, and tennis fans will know who I'm talking about. And she came back like a year ago just to try one of the tournaments that she won. Remember that? Wow. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Just so. Huh? Just for, just for the heck of it, she tried out? Well, you know, she had been out for two, three years. Oh, I'm going to make a return to tennis. It was not a major tournament, but she gets back in her first or second tournament just to get her feet wet in a little bit, and I think she took, like, third or fourth in her first tournament, and the next week she wins. So maybe, uh, you know, some of the mid-20-somethings the, the are starting to catch up to the teenagers. That sounds kind of weird to say, but it, it's sort of what's happening at women's tennis. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, p- people tend to be doing stuff a little bit longer than they used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about Barry Bonds. Who would have thought that he could have played that long in professional baseball? He's thinking of joining the men's tennis circuit, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure he, there's something that they can give him to, to change his body to what it, would make it look like a grotesque tennis player, Coach. Take it easy. Whatever that would be. Take it easy. Hey, United States knocked off Panama one to nothing. They are going to the championship Saturday night at eight o'clock. Tell your productive and well-respected uh, girlfriend, Big Dog, uh, no plans on Saturday. You have to watch the Concacaf gold medal game. United States taking on Mexico. They scored a goal. Landon Donovan, beautiful, beautiful cross at about six o'clock this morning. I was watching the second half of this game. A phenomenal cross, but hey, let's give uh, Freddie Adu his due because yes. he's the one. Who pushed the ball up the field and then blasted a, a, a crossing shot all the way up the field that hit Donovan along the right and he crossed it right into Dempsey who had it. I mean, what a play, coach! That was, I mean, that was like the type of play that can get a, you know, like a ten-year-old excited about playing soccer. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, that was beautiful, beautiful. Freddie, I do. Who's the fourteen-year-old sensation? Thank you for bringing that up because I had one other comment on that dog. See if you're with me here, David Olson. I think this will. Knowing your uh, personality, this might hit with you, too. Clint Dempsey, the guy who scored the goal, he did something that I would love to see more professional athletes do. I've mentioned this a few times in passing. I think it's one of the worst trends, not to overemphasize the significance. And what I'm talking about is when guys score a touchdown in football or a goal in soccer, those two sports in particular. Okay, And instead of going and celebrating with their teammates, you know, instead of a running back going and congratulating or giving the football to his offense, they run away from their teammates who want to celebrate with them and start pumping, you know, take their helmet off and pumping their hands to the fans. Clint Dempsey immediately, I don't know if you saw it or not, went over to Landon Donovan. There's six or seven guys jumping on each other, and Dempsey pulls his left hand out and has the index finger pointing at Landon Donovan over and over again like he's the guy, he's the guy, he's the guy. So crediting the kid who made the pass, I thought that was refreshing to see in this day and age. Yeah, you know, isn't it about winning? You know, isn't it really that's all it's about? And now, uh, and to be honest with you, you know that it was an unbelievable pass by Landon Donovan. Every soccer fan in America that has a brain knows it was Landon Donovan. So when we see the acknowledgement of Clint Dempsey, who's like, hey, he's the one who set it up, then we're all like, yeah, Clint Dempsey gets it. He totally gets right. it. And that's why we love the fact that he's the fifth all-time leading scorer in the history of U.S. men's national team. But how many soccer players have you seen receive great passes, score a goal, sprint away from their teammates, and start hamming it up for the fans? Uh, very rarely. I mean, I mean, What do you mean very rarely? I mean, I mean all the time, Coach. It's, yes. it's some guy with one name. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just some guy with one yeah. name. Like, you know, you know, Ginaldi. <laughs> 
you know, they, what, you know, whatever the heck they call these guys, you know. So, you know, and they're just, you know, you only got one name. You're already, you know, that's cool enough. Yeah. Now you got to act like you're the man. Give them credit where credit is uh, due. Yeah. And Freddie, so did Landon Donovan start pa- pointing at Freddie Adu then? That's what should have happened. It should have been like a chain. Good like, point. And I was Good like, point. I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for Freddie. Yeah. I still like the name Jamaldi. That's 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 not bad. Uh, yeah, if, I just I, you know it's funny is when uh, when soccer was huge and I was working at uh, at Nike Town. <laughs> yeah, we I, I had everybody come up with the, no, I shouldn't say I had them. I came up with everybody's one name soccer name coach, and I'm not kidding you. Half the people loved it, and the other people hated. Half the people hated it, even if they loved their name. You know, some of them, some of them to this day still get. I call them that, like when I see them. What, what was your name? Uh, well, there, there was a bunch of them, but Ginaldo was one of them because I was just Joel, and then you know at the at the end of it, uh, and then uh, there was then we had Red Dicky. Somebody God. else started calling me that, so I went with that one. God bless you. <laughs> All right, big dog. I will leave you with my Confucius thought for the day. Remember, when tempted, Confucius would be your name, Coach. Con- yeah, there you go. When tempted to fight fire with fire, remember. The fire department usually uses water. Thank you very much. That's excellent. That's excellent. Uh, Let us know tomorrow, A, on the NBA draft, B, on the planetarium, and C, I never got to it. I want to find out if you had the Reuben sandwich at Pauly's, okay? Oh, I'm definitely going to head out to Pauly's, Coach. But I'm going to ask them to be the bartender. Oh, you didn't go yesterday? Uh, Coach, I I had something to do. I mean, I wish I wish every day was play day for me, but today, that'll be today. Yesterday, I had to get some stuff done. Go to Paulie's, get the Reuben, and get a job. Big dog, thanks for joining us, my friend. Yes, to everybody out there in the two guys at the clan, thank you very much. <laughs> Have a great day, everybody. David Olson, our producer, still without electricity, by the way, coming in and uh, doing the job ahead of the family. God bless him. Have a great day. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. Don't be late. Friday's Spectacular Show.